Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Uh, yeah, time to record again. Uh, wait, wait a minute. No, we just did this. I thought we talked about this. How is there still more Irish whiskey? I, I guess there's still more to talk about on this ancient spirit. So if we have to, I guess we can consume some more uh, Uskabetha and talk a little bit more about it. You may want to get yourself ready for Irish Whiskey 2, Electric Boogaloo, and have a drink. I know! Every sequel is Electric Boogaloo! Have a drink, show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Christopher Walker, trying to talk through a uh, busted ass voice. <laughs> well, it's all right. Uh, we are still sans a Casey. Uh, he is he is with his children. He will be uh, back. We are led to believe he's coming back. <laughs> his uh, <laughs> he has two children that are uh, probably sapping every last ounce of sleep from him at any given moment. Because they are home now. Can confirm. Yes. So Casey's not sleeping and wishing he could be drinking whiskey with us instead. Well, no, because he hates Irish whiskey. Well, his loss. But Nobody said it had to be Irish whiskey. Yeah, he could be drinking bourbon or any other thing. So, Bob, what have you been up to? On a mission. I have I have a goal in mind, and I have to get... I have to achieve... Achieve this before before it's too late. Game of Thrones is ending soon, and I am watching every single episode. It's a hell of, of a the ride. Show. Hmm? It's a hell of a ride. I started last week uh, on Saturday or Sunday, and I got through about a season in a week. And then looked at how uh, a little less than a week, but I looked at how much time I had left. There are ten episodes in every season. There are they are all roughly an hour long, except for if you accept you know. There's a couple exceptions, but uh, except for season seven, which is seven episodes long with uh, like an hour and a half episode somewhere. <sighs> I have to watch roughly three episodes a day from here on out to get to get there in time. I am mostly on course. I'm about three episodes into season three. And I... I as long as I keep to my schedule and I make up some some lost time, I should be able to get done in time. Jeez. Furry Viking doesn't think I can do it. I'm going to prove you wrong. I don't have a social life outside of the podcast. <laughs> I have faith we don't either do anymore. So I just couldn't personally handle watching Hold the Door again. That's what I, was, I couldn't. That's what I messaged back to Bob earlier. I was like, I cannot watch some of those episodes again. Like they're particular. Like some some of them I could barely watch the first time. 
I have I have different problems. Uh, mine are me picking the show much more critically apart. Because hmm. when I'm when I'm in the moment, when it's like week by week, I I just sit there and just try to like soak everything in. Right. When I'm watching it now. I'm like, you know what? Everything with Theon Greyjoy can be cut about one minute shorter, and we would be happy. It would be a better, faster, cleaner show. Probably. Uh, and everything with Tyrion is, at least early on, is gold, except his wig in the first season. Yeah, that's really bad. Uh, but it's a. It has been fairly fun, just kind of revisiting everything. I forgot how much of this show that I just apparently committed to memory from, like, one viewing. Well, one viewing and reading the books just kind of burns it there. Yeah, but, like, by season three, the show is so much different than the books that it's, it's like, I don't know what's happening, you know. Trying to remember, like, I mean, the main plots, it's... It is kind of the same, but it's when I look back, I can't remember what was show plot and what was book plot. Like I can't tell them apart in my memory. It makes me want to reread the books, but that is also like that's 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 a little bit further down the road. Once I've gotten this kind of like initial kick out of my system, hmm. you know, because I can't watch and read them at the same time. I'll go insane. Yeah, you would. Yeah. So, how about you guys? What have you been up to? Well, uh, before my voice collapsed today, uh, I was over at Furry Vikings, because that's where most of my cellared beer is. And we had to go visit, and I fished some things out for some episodes coming up. And we dug in and experienced some pretty good cellared beers, and one that blew us away. And I was really surprised. So I squirreled away, uh, I think, three of these Dogfish Head 20th Anniversary, it was their 20th Anniversary Ale, called mm. Higher Math. Oh, yeah. I remember that, we yeah. We had one fresh that was just so acidic and just so, it was just too intense, too awful. It was like 17% ABV. It was just, you, it, you couldn't drink it. It was undrinkable. We popped one open today that was absolutely amazing. It took, I had to look at the bottle date. It's been setting for four years. It took four years of bottle conditioning, but it's absolutely amazing. And one of the things that kind of affirmed my, because these were all my first experiments with uh, bottle conditioning beers, and it just popped off that, yeah, some beers need this. Some beers are made for this. Mm-hmm. And that one was. And because fresh, it was hot garbage. Cellared absolutely stunning i don't think i ever got to have it fresh it's, so um, it, cherries and uh cherry and chocolate mm. hmm. i know it was a chocolate i can't remember chocolate or coffee it was cherries and coffee okay okay but it comes across i mean just absolutely delightful i'll have to get a break a bottle out uh, because I'll, we'll try and plow through all i've got this year because I'm afraid, like, it was so good, there's no way it can get any better. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah. Uh, oh, there, I do want to have, figs. real quick, before you go into that. The Jim uh, was saying our, our big tasting note was honeyed figs was what it tasted like. It's really specific. I will say there's one other thing uh, that happened with me, and it kind of happened with you, and I kind of want to talk about it, was that uh, apparently KBS just falls from the heavens now. 
Yeah. And it's just sitting on shelves waiting to be grabbed. And uh, I, this is the greatest of times. <laughs> that the hype is over and I can get this beer that I love. We're living in the future. <laughs> it's everywhere. I even went, I went back by Kroger today and bought a four pack for you. And then I tell you, and you're like, well, I just bought myself two four-packs. And I'm like, well, screw I you. Still... I got myself another four-pack then. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you still want to give it to me, I'll take it. But <laughs> I, I, I am flush in KBS for a change. Oh, I, I appreci- I'll drink it. I appreciate it very much, though. Uh, mm. If you follow me on the social medias, you will have seen my review of the 2019 KBS. And my review, I will still say it now, the, uh, the shortened version, the Cliff Notes. It's the best KBS yet. I like the smokiness. Spoilers. I'm getting that more as dark chocolate when I've been drinking it, but we can talk about that later. Hmm. Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I've also, uh, so we dove into the cellar, and this morning I finally finished the last season of The Expanse. And that show is uh, pre-show. We were talking a lot of Game of Thrones as well. Because I have not watched The Expanse, and it's really difficult for me to talk about it. Well, The Mm. Expanse is, as I was trying to explain a little bit to Brittany, because she kind of popped in here and there, it really is Space Game of Thrones. Whereas there's a supernatural event taking place that's affecting all of humanity, but all of humanity's warring with each other and won't stop being absolute shitheels with each other to do something about it. And it's going to affect everyone, and there's only a handful of people like trying to affect this in a positive way. That's about right, then. I mean, that's, how it, that's in, how it would go. It's in space and politics, and I don't know, it really is good. I mean, it's if you have Amazon Prime, it's included with your Prime. There's no yeah. reason to not be watching it. It is fantastic. I watched, what was it? I watched the first two episodes and was hooked. Mm-hmm. It's just too intense for me, but, you know. Well, everything is. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, finally, uh, just to, I wanted to clarify like why we didn't have a show last week, and we did post. Bob was awesome enough to post the apology for not having one. Because I'm terrible and I couldn't make it. It's all my fault. No. All mine. No, it was. Adventures I'm, in food poisoning and concussions. Yeah, it's uh, it's all my fault actually because I'm the one who cooked, who undercooked uh, the beef that gave us food poisoning a couple days later. Um, mm. so we, uh, I what happened was I got it was the Friday night, and I got food poisoning and I started throwing up and you know normal the food poisoning events occurred. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you've ever had food poisoning, you know what happens. Those moments when you're hugging a trash can sitting on the toilet. Yeah. You're so, making various packs with various deities. Yes. Yeah, basically. Well, so... Um, Whichever one will ease the suffering. <laughs> I uh, I got to the point where I was... Uh, I had apparently thrown up so much, uh, or, or, like, you know, gotten rid of all the liquids in me so much that... Um, Dry I, heaving? I got dehydrated. Well... The dehydration led me to pass out, and um, I don't, which is very scary because I don't remember any of it. Uh, I one second I went to go throw up, and then the next second I woke up on the bathroom floor with um, the contents of the trash can in front of me, and uh, like just kind of shaking. <laughs> Jesus, I see. I didn't know about this part. Yeah. Uh. Um, so 
I, and then it turns out we learned later that I hit my head when I when I passed out, um, which is why a, we went to the emergency room. Because you had a giant golf ball, and I had gone to bed because I saw she had food poisoning. I checked in. I, I brought her a water. A damp, yeah, we just thought know, it was standard run in the mill, you know. Some damp paper towels, a damp washcloth, put the trash can in front of her. I was like, you're going to do this. Baby's asleep. I'm going to get rest because tomorrow I'm going to take care of both of you. Yeah. Well, and then that just didn't happen, so I ended up like yelling at him for help because I was on the, just on the bathroom I, floor, like, like I somehow dying. woke up to whispers for help and just like <laughs> you can imagine the panic of that and finding yeah. her crawling, you know, on the, across the bathroom floor, and Jesus. that led to us going to the emergency room at I don't even. It know was like what two time. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, we drove downtown to to the hospital uh, in Cincinnati. Because they already had all my... It's the same, like, network that I had the baby yeah. at, so I had the, all my information already, so it was like... But it was fun because it's in downtown Cincinnati, so we get there, and I'm trying to check her in whilst I, like, had to take her and hand her off onto, like, another trash can when we walked yeah, in. Yeah, because I immediately puked yeah. when we got there. And I go in, I start checking her in, and some dude just comes up behind me while I'm at the window, and he's like, hey, I got a guy out in my car who's ODing, and they snap into action. And they're like, hey, yeah. we got to, they just grab the walkie-talkie, code blue. And they're not done saying blue before a team of guys with a stretcher are busting through the door. So there are just like five guys at all times standing behind the emergency room doors with a stretcher waiting for someone to say code blue. Yeah. So. And then so we get pushed aside for the next 10 minutes with her hurling into a trash can. And I'm standing there going, can I just check in? Like, we want to make sure she doesn't have a concussion. Or, you know, she hasn't seriously hurt her head because it's like I found her unconscious with vomit in front of her. I don't know how bad this is. Right. Yeah, so it, when we got home, I didn't see it until we got home, but, like, it looked like a, a golf ball was sticking out of my forehead. She didn't have a concussion, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I did not. Just so, a golf ball. Okay. But my, my head is still sensitive and still bruised. It, like, it's green <laughs> right yeah. now. Um, but, yeah, so that was a fun night. Uh, and then while while I was in the ER, after I got my CAT scan done, uh, and I was like still shaking and, and, you know, getting pumped with IV. He throws up in the trash can the, the food in the ER. The food poisoning takes hold on me, but yeah. I, I get one, I get it like a real good throwing up session in for like a good minute of just hurling. And then he's more or less fine <laughs> until I, we get home. And I stand up and I'm like, I'm okay. I can get us home. We get home at 4 a.m. <laughs> and then it's full on food poisoning i'm throwing up everywhere can't stop but i'm like well waited till we got home <laughs> so we stopped some, somewhere near cincinnati when the bad beef began to <laughs> yeah yeah but knowing what was coming like with the foresight we stopped at kroger while i was still in my right mind and not puking everywhere got all the gatorade got all the gatorade and all the pedia shore and was like well we're not eating solid tomorrow that's that's for sure <laughs> and thankfully so one we want to thank our amazing friend jen uh who we called at like you know 11 o'clock at night on a friday to help come watch the baby uh mm-hmm. and then um his dad was coming up saturday anyway so his dad basically watched the baby almost all day saturday while we slept and puke and like tried not to puke so it was uh so, this, yeah, sorry, sorry it was for good no times show. sorry yeah. for no show we we had we're like we'll make it up and we'll try and record it this week and then the week was stupid busy and we're like nope it's just officially delayed yeah sorry yeah no but when we were talking about that i went there is no way that <laughs> With our schedules being as they are, it's like, yeah, yeah, it'll be next week. 
Which is Try. why I'm here with a crappy voice, because we were going to get this episode done no matter what, because we missed it due to illness last week, and we're not going to do it twice in a row. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I swear, I think it was like Tuesday by the time I actually felt like 90%, you know? Like, I was just like, not okay. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about us not being okay. Yes. Let's Let's go to a nice world where everything is okay, and we're all number one. We're number one. We're number USA. one. USA. 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 Welcome to your movie draft minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of March 25th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. Pro tip if you're being attacked by clowns, dispatch them quickly by going for the juggler. Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Virtual Misery, The Vod Squad, and Drunk Kids Gaming are all tied for last place, still waiting for their first film. Team Game Night's on the board thanks to Dumbo, giving them third place and $15.3 million. Team Movie Party's in second place thanks to a nine figure debut from us, giving them one hundred. $104.8 million. And in first place, it's Team Have a Drink with $338.8 million. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. All totals ranked as of March 30th, 2019. All right. I for, you know, I, I forgot about us. Like, that's us had a strong opening. That, that made some stupid money at the beginning. So It did. It, it's Nothing compared us starting to out strong. No, but I mean, like, it's gotten, it's gotten some... So, Acclaim, I guess. Nothing compares <laughs> to Brie Larson. So, yeah, uh, Captain Marvel has seen steep declines, but guess what opens this Friday and is already being reviewed as the best uh, DC movie universe movie oh. and uh, just an I'm, all-around fun summer movie. That's this weekend? Jeez. I mean, I could make that in my apartment with a camcorder. I mean, of course I am talking about Oh, wait, cemetery. sorry. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman exists. Never mind. I was talking I about can't. Pet Cemetery. We all want to see John oh. Lithgow being creepy old Mainer. I thought you were talking about Shazam. <laughs> the, I no, I thought he was talking about. Sorry, when he was saying that, I thought he was talking about Shazam and about it being uh, about it being the best DC movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, I can make any DC movie better. And I was like, oh wait, Wonder Woman was really good. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, when is the new Wonder Woman coming out? The nineteen eighty four. They pushed it. Ah, poop. Okay. I think it's next year. Eh, whatever. Whatever Patty Jenkins needs to do. That's but no, Shazam and Pet Cemetery open this weekend, and we have both movies, so we have a lock on the box office for this weekend. You basically got to hang on to your butts. Yeah. Yeah, because after these two, we got nothing until Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. And we got nothing again, yeah, ever again. That's it. So we're hoping to see a good spike when... Um, I think we'll get, it, we'll get it with Shazam. Well, Shazam, and then when we get... Uh, we'll get a spike back on Captain Marvel for the lead up into Endgame because mm. it will it'll uh, that's a good point revive it because it's not going to leave theaters probably before then, but you'll have a bunch of people who will want to do the run up, and I'm sure theaters will be doing like the full twenty movie run up. Yeah. But there will also be places doing the abridged run up to Endgame, and if you want to do that, all you have to do is Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and then Endgame. Maybe yeah. Ant- maybe Ant Man and the Wasp. But yeah, no. Well, maybe. No, I don't think you need to. That's that whole movie is ancillary. I watched it and I was yeah, it it exists in a vacuum. I guess for the for that end scene. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. We'll help you. Yeah. Look, that's what it was. I was trying to think earlier of what what furry Viking was saying that they needed needed someone for up in that area, and it was. Uh, 
Marvel movie trivia night. No, uh, oh, yeah. And I went, man, if I only lived a hundred miles closer. Yeah. Mm. But All right. I am stoked for Shazam. That's going to help us big in the draft. Yeah. And we've got a lot riding on it. We were still surprised we were able to get both Captain Marvel movies, and we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna try and ride that all the way to the end. Look, all I'm saying is we do run the risk of being the April Fool. We do. Uh, but look, we're gonna play a good game, so we'll we'll see how well we hold on. Uh, hopefully, Detective Pikachu makes enough money, makes makes a billion dollars. And we it's don't live, have to worry about anything ever again. Live action Pokemon movie starring Ryan Reynolds. There's no way it's not going to make a ton of cash. Hopefully. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I do believe for the first time in a while, we've got some untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year to drink beer. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's KBS season. Ah, oh, uh, yes. no. But according to, to Untapped here, what we've got here is an imperial stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee and chocolates, then cave-aged in oak bourbon barrels for an entire year to make sure wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish. Make your taste buds squeal with delight. <laughs> Make him squeal, boy. Uh, crack open a bottle and pour it into your favorite glass. Take a big whiff, sip, and enjoy. Uh, check into one Kentucky Breakfast Stout, or KBS, as it has to be labeled now, uh, by Founders Brewing Company between April 1st and April 30th, and its KBS season badge is yours. I tried checking in now, and today is not the first. So mm, yeah. Nope. We messed up. We tried <laughs> last night, and then I was like, "What? No badge?" I was like, "Ah, crap." Dates are I mean, important. <laughs> so, Chris, you're talking about all that little smoky flavor. I'm getting that in that, like I said, in that dark chocolate. But uh, I'm getting more marshmallow, I think, in this one than, or at least it's been so long since I've had my last one that I've forgotten its flavor. <laughs> also possible. All right. Well, but next it is so good. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't think that's ever gonna change. Uh, so next up is one from Dogfish Head, and it is for mm. Record Store Day, which is a thing. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, now in their fifth year as the official brewery of Record Store Day, Dogfish Head is bringing together independent beer and independent record stores with not one, but three music collaboration beers. American Beauty, Dragons and Yum Yums, and Wood Age Bitches Brew. To celebrate, the folks at Dogfish Head have cooked up a limited edition black light poster and a brand new badge. So, of course, you check into one of those aforementioned beers between April 1st and April 30th. So you basically have the month of April and you earn this badge. Any vintage of these beers will count as well. Not necessarily like the 2019 version. Because Bitches Brew has been a beer that they've been cranking out for quite a while. Yeah. Uh... I like the idea the of uh of record stores. Yeah. Buying a record player and then buying vinyl is sounds like so much more of a chore than I am willing to deal with, especially with the other things that I'm willing to deal with. It's yeah. like, look, I have a finite amount 
of stuff that I can get excited about. And and records, like vinyl records, just don't quite make the cut. If I was less interested in something else, I guarantee you I'd be like, oh, no, no, you should really listen to this in vinyl. It really brings that nice, warm <laughs> feeling. It's the way they intended it to be made. I know I'd be that guy, but... Yeah. All right, well, we're going to scoot on, but uh, so... This isn't exactly news because we will be cutting the news segment from this because guess what? We do a whole new show. If you want the news, you can go check out the new show. But we couldn't help but mention uh, the exact thing that alarm bells were going on for us last year thanks to uh, Furry Viking, Jim in the chat, about Henry McKenna tenure. Uh, so we're here again the results of the San Francisco World Spirits competition have been announced. And for the second year in a row, guess what whiskey stole a whole crap load of accolades? Was it from Aldi? No, no, I don't believe anything from Aldi won. That would have been a oh. good guess. <laughs> so, cult favorite, soon to be uh, impossible to find, Henry McKenna Bottle and Bond Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon one, this is not what it won last year. Last year, it won Best Single Barrel and a couple others. I can't remember exactly what. But this year, it won Best Single Barrel Bourbon up to 10 years. Best Bourbon and Best In Show Whiskey. Meaning, oh. it was named the best, like, oh, there's all these, oh, a, a, a sub $20 whiskey was just named the best whiskey in the world. This is the full stop was just actually named Best Whiskey in the World. It was the greatest whiskey in all the land. Yeah, that just happened to Henry McKenna, 10-year, bottled in bond, single barrel. And this was a sub-$30 bottle of whiskey. And as I was, was. talking talking with uh, Jim before the show earlier today, it is now a purchase on raffle status whiskey when it used to be able to find by the case sitting on the shelf for under $30 a bottle. Hmm. And there are, like, everyone's already touting, you're never going to see it on a shelf again. Forget about it. This is a special release thing now. And uh, one of my concerns was, well, you're going to see, or not concerns, but things you're going to see happen is uh, some attention shift from Buffalo Trace and what Sazerac is doing. So mm-hmm. you, the, no one's going to abandon Buffalo Trace. Don't even, like, people will not give that up. But what you may see is more attention drawn now to the Heaven Hill brands. Which I do. might be able to find Buffalo Trace on a shelf, is what we're, what you're telling me. You might be able to find some regular Buffalo Trace. You might be able to find some Eagle Rare, some Blantons, because people are going to start gobbling up Heaven Hill and all of its sub-labels. So they're going to look and they're going to say, hey, Heaven Hill makes this. So what else do they do that I can get a hold of that's really good right now? And they're going to see our, one of the other best-kept secrets in bourbon. It's going to be the Evan Williams. Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That, that bottle and bond is like bottled and bond strong. E. H. Taylor was yeah. on to something. Yeah, it's it's shame, and I kind of want to like. I'm almost out of my Evan Williams bottle and bond now. Like I should, Fresh I should grab up. some of that right now. Yeah, I would get ready. Uh, you're gonna find uh, a kind of a rush probably on some Heaven Hill stuff, but if you can find Henry McKenna ten year on shelves, gobble it all up right now because you will probably not see it again for a long time 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, another uh, winner in the whiskey category that we have to call attention to is Rogue Rolling Thunder Stouted Whiskey. They won for Best Craft Distiller Whiskey Barrel Finished Bourbon. Hmm. And and for name uh, and for best name involving a Vietnam War campaign. Exactly. But no, after that, I've been trying. I've been wanting to try that whiskey and never been able to. I know the beer is fantastic. I've had it a couple of times. But then I was like, hmm, what about the whiskey? Still haven't had a chance. I've got some rogue whiskeys. Never had that one, though. According to these judges, it seems to be objectively good. Indeed. Actually, yeah, it's like, we need to send Casey some money. I mean, I have a father. (laughs) He lives there, too. All right, guys, yeah, but uh, as I was saying, this is just a quick call into your attention. We will no longer be doing a news segment in the main show, but you can check out the news-only show we do weekly, just before this one in recordings. Uh, This week, we talked all about how Miller is up to its stones in lawsuits. And uh, a Cincinnati man has given up everything but beer for Lent. You can check out those stories and much more on Have a Drink News. Yeah, no, it's a fun time. Uh, and more of me rasping through everything. <laughs> right, I say it, but I think it's also time to get on to the topic. Been up that truck, seeking bastards. Been up that truck, been up that truck. You're not that drunk. <laughs> not me this time daddy needs uh, a refresh of his cough medicine well uh so we're gonna do a quick little uh this is gonna sound a little familiar uh if you remember the last episode but i felt it would probably be best to do a quick little refresher on uh on the legal definition of irish whiskey uh, so Irish whiskey must be distilled on the island of Ireland, compros- comprising of the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, uh, malt- mashed from malted cereals with or without whole grains and other cereals, uh, which has been added. Check out uh, the, last, or the last episode. To uh, We talked about the Brexit complications. Yeah, which That's Brexit Day has come, and, come gone, and gone. And it got denied for a third time. So they're now they're trying to figure out what, what they're going to do. They should. You know what? I'm not. I'm not going to get into what they should do. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to tell you uh, that Whis- uh, whiskey is not political. People are right. Right. Uh, anyway, the mash of malted cereals with or without grains of other cereals, which has been either uh, has been sacrificed by the distaste of malt contained therein, or, with or without other natural enzymes, fermented by the action of yeast, distilled at an alcoholic strength of less than. alcohol uh, by volume, which uh, such a way that the distillate has an aroma and taste derived from the materials used. Uh, The and subject to the maturation of the final distillate for at least three years in a wooden cask, such as oak, not exceeding 700 liters, which is 185 US gallons or 154 imperial gallons capacity. The distillate uh, to which only water and plain caramel coloring may be added, which is EA 150A or E 150A, uh, contains its color, aroma, and taste derived from from the production uh, process referred to above. Irish whiskey must 
end up at a minimum of 40% ABV. Individuals, uh, individual technical specifications of the three varieties of Irish whiskey, single pot still, single malt, single grain, and blended whiskey, uh, a mix of two or more of these var- uh, varieties, are also outlined in a technical file. The use of single in the aforementioned varieties being permissible only when the whiskey is totally distilled on the site of a single distillery. And the maturation only takes place on the island of Ireland. 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 Uh, Also, spirit uh, drinks must not be labeled, packaged, sold, uh, advertised, or promoted in such a way to suggest that they are Irish whiskey or any of the sub-varieties unless they meet the uh, relevant uh, requirements. And any age statement must refer to the youngest whiskey being used. Uh, although uh, And although traditionally spelled with an E, Irish whiskey may be marketed without it. So. Uh, We're all caught up. All caught up. So Irish whiskey must include malted barley and may include other malted cereal grains resulting in the four main types of whiskey, of this whiskey. Let's start with the single malt. Let's get into some some actual terms when you see them on the bottle. Single malt Irish whiskey is governed almost exactly the same uh, exactly the same as laws that governed Scotch, uh, and it is made using a hundred percent malted barley and distilled in pot stills. Uh, single malted whiskey comes only from one distillery, uh, meaning not one distillery makes all the single malt, but if it is a single malt, it is made only in that distillery. Uh, yes, I also like scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. Uh, put it in my mouth, into my belly. Uh, popular brands for single malt you can find from Bushmills, Teeling? Uh, Is that correct? I've never quite known how to pronounce some of these. Uh, Konanmara, Taikamil, and West Cork Distillery. Distillers. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Furry Viking is screaming at me, going, no, you didn't even say Bushmills right. Uh, Oh, no, apparently I got it right. Uh, Okay, next term. Pot still. A single pot still Irish whiskey can be confusing terms for people who are uh, <laughs> the others may not be uh, single pot still uh, can be confusing ter- term for people who are unfamiliar with the Irish whiskey category the key differentiating feature of this style is that it is made from a mash both malted and unmalted barley uh, uh, it must also be produced in pot stills unsurprisingly and whilst the word single indicates that it is produced at a single distillery like single malt is uh Pot still Irish whiskey is made from a mash containing a minimum 30% malt and a minimum of 30% unmalted barley with up to 5% other cereals added and uh, is distilled in pot stills. You will find popular things like this, such as Redbreast, Middleton, Spot Whiskey, Powers, and Patty. And yes, the the Spot Whiskey being uh, one of the ones we had during our tasting last week, the Green Spot. The green spot. Single pot still. Quite good. Uh, and fairly affordable for... Yeah. For what uh, it is, it's uh, it's not on the budget-breaking side, and it's very available. 
There is a interesting thing about the the unmalted barley that they add. Apparently, uh, apparently, at some point, uh, when they were making Irish whiskey and making like single pot still stuff, they would that they they decided to try some unmalted barley in there, which gave it some different flavors. Which they decided, eh, no, it works. Keep it in. Uh, so. We also have Irish grain whiskey. Uh, grain whiskey is made using no more than 30% malted barley in a combination with other unmalted cereals, usually corn, wheat, or barley, and is distilled in column stills, or also known as continuous stills, or coffee stills, or other names that I don't feel like getting into right now. Uh, it may be produced in any kind of still, although it is typically distilled in a continuous column still. This is by far the cheapest, most efficient way to produce spirit. However, it is often much less complex than pot-stilled malt whiskey uh, distilled solely from malted barley. We're going to get into some of the difference between uh, between pot stills and column stills and how they affect stuff in a little bit. Uh uh, considerable care and knowledge must therefore be employed to create an enjoyable, flavorsome Irish grain whiskey, and there are several excellent ones you can choose from. For example, <laughs> here's where the fun begins. Uh, Kilbegan single grain. Uh, they have 8, 10, 15, and 18 years. Uh, and uh, Teeling's, uh, Teeling's single grave. Single grain. Sorry. Single grave would be a very interesting one. It just well, came from me reading the chat at the same time. It ties into the conversation happening in the chat because me and Jim earlier had the question about Sexton as to whether or not it was referring to the navigational tool or, or the uh, grave digger. Mm. Uh, well, there are also blended whiskeys, which you can find in Scotch as well. It seems as if some of these categories are very similar. Uh, Irish blended whiskeys offer a tremendous value for the money and are oft, uh, are amongst the country's most popular exports. Brands such as Bushmill and James can be found around the world. Blended whiskeys in Ireland can be made by blending malted uh, malt whiskey and grain whiskey, similar to Scotch whiskey blends, uh, but also by blending pot still Irish whiskey with either of the other two styles uh, or a possible combination of the three. Because sometimes, screw it. Throw it in a thing. <laughs> Throw it in a barrel. King's Cup. <laughs> King's Barrel. Mm. Uh, popular brands include Jameson, Tullamore. Sure, why not? Tullamore uh, Dew. Hmm? Tullamore Dew. Sorry, I, I I wasn't sure if I said Tullamore right. And I was like, uh, I was waiting for someone to correct me. Tullamore Dew, uh, Middleton, Teeling, and Walsh. Uh, I think you got a good hold on Walsh. Well, so blending uh, create, uh, creativity has played an important role in Irish whiskey, partly due to the consolidation of the industry in the middle 20th century, which resulted in several uh, decades of just two Irish distilleries. Uh, the core expressions uh, for leading brands like Jameson, Bushmills, Middleton, Tullamore Dew are uh, generally blends. However, the resurgence in other styles include pot whiskeys like Red Breast and Green, uh, Green Spot, as well as single malts from Bushmills, Tychonel, uh Connemara. I don't know. Connemara. 
whatever. And T League, I apologize to anyone that knows what I knows how it's supposed to be pronounced. You probably can guess what I was trying to say. Uh, single grain remains the most elusive with entries from Teeling and uh, Grinor. So, all right, everyone's gonna have to bear with me through this. <laughs> if you need to tap. If you need to tap out, just just uh, yeah. cough six times. <laughs> no problem. Uh, if you're watching the video, though, you will see I have to pinch my throat to talk so I can get the vibration. You don't always die from tobacco. (laughs) Tobacco. All right, so (laughs) here we are. We've arrived at the conversation that has been building throughout our entire series of whiskey episodes. Pot still versus column still. The epic showdown. Sorry, I just feel like I needed battle music. Hmm. All right, the obvious starting point in any discussion of whiskey distillation is pot stills versus column stills. A pot still, uh, at its simplest, consists of a large kettle or pot, which is heated from the bottom, boiling off the alcohol and allowing the vapors to be sent to a condenser and separated. With column distillation, the mash enters near the top of the still and begins flowing downward. This brings it closer to the heating source, and once it's heated enough to evaporate, the vapor rises up through a series of partitions known as plates, or stripping plates. At each plate along the way, the vapor ends up leaving behind some of its heavier compounds. It should also be noted that while most pot stills are made entirely of copper, in some instances, column stills will be part stainless steel. <gasps> Gasp indeed. Here, only the upper portion of the still, which actually comes into contact with the alcohol vapor, will be copper. Which is important as copper is utilized to help rid the spirit of sulfur. Hmm. That is interesting. I, I always wondered why it had to be copper. I had to imagine they people who were distilling for centuries kind of wondered too. They just went, look, it works when it's copper. We don't we don't question the distilling process. Yeah. I mean, Spirits do what they want. Yeah, it's a number of things that they didn't even know about. Uh, kind of like the natural uh, cleansing properties of copper. It's kind of like uh, on kind of on kill with uh, brass. Hmm. Like uh, if you ever wondered why doorknobs are all brass, it's because they self-clean. Huh. Within 24 yeah. hours, a brass doorknob will kill anything on it. Did not know that. Yeah, you don't. You if you have brass doorknobs, you don't have to sanitize them. They sanitize themselves. That's why brass doorknobs are a thing. Science kids. So even, science. Even stills of the same type vary greatly. Overall size and capacity of the still, uh, shape of the kettle, length, shape, and angle of components such as the neck and line arm. Whether or not there are any uh, reflux bowls or bubbles above the main kettle, heating sources. And uh, in the cases of columns, how many plates it has and whether those plates have bubble caps. A lot of things are going into this and whether or not you really believe it, every nick and dent in a kettle or any of these is going to change what the overall product becomes. I think we've mentioned that in the past episode. Yeah, you may not perceive if it's a difference, but... But it makes a difference. Every little piece of this changes the final product. 
So the exact specifications of a company's stills and the precise new make spirit, which it turns out are key to any brand's flavor profile. That's why if they have to, if something happens and they're ramping up production or something and they have to get a new pot still, they will try to completely replicate their current pot still by dinging it up the exact same way the other one is. So that's why when long-established distilleries expand production, they don't invest in new larger stills. They invest in replica copies of their current stills. This increases production quantity, but never alters the specific quality of the spirit, which results. So, for instance, uh, McCallan touts their curiously small stills at 3,900 liters. They are indeed more appropriate size. <laughs> For a large craft distillery than a globally recognized brand, but they have it's true. That's still a lot of liters. Yeah, they have fourteen of the little buggers firing <laughs> away together. With more en route by 2017, they believe the shape offers rich fruity characteristics, and they're not wrong. Uh, Glen Marangi, sorry, I can't even try to screw that one up right now. I just can't even get it out. On the other hand, has the said has the tallest stills in Scotland with long necks measuring nearly 17 feet high. They tout that only the lightest and purest vapors make it all the way up and out. In between stills uh, come in all manners of shapes with different characteristics and features. So compare those 3,900 liter stills at the McCollin to the 80,000 liter behemoths at the Middleton Distillery, where Jameson and a range of other Irish brands are produced. The Middleton stills are the largest operational pot stills in the world. And they're actually uh, tiny in comparison to the largest pot stills ever made. The 140,000 liter stills (laughs) used at Middleton in the past. Think about that. They're currently only using, what was it, uh, 80,000 yeah. liter stills yeah. right now at Middleton. They used to use 140, almost well, double. I, I mean, they went from, Irish whiskey went from being the default greatest whiskey in all of the land to being, you know, the, the, the fourth favorite child out of three. Yeah. yeah. So a new set of three stills is on the way which will increase their total to 10. All also exactly the same. They have 10 80,000 liters. That's crazy. It's got a, that's like it's like 700,000 liters. Wait, that math doesn't. <laughs> doesn't it's quite a large add number. Up. All right. Well, so current distilleries for Irish whiskey. Um it- I, I liked this section primarily because it is uh, uh, considering a scant few years ago, there were only two. Mm, yeah, yeah, so in the chat, uh, Scotty Allen Day said, Tillamore Dew made the world's largest Irish whiskey bottle in the 80s. It contained 100 gallons oh of Tillamore Dew whiskey. I mean... Someone's got to drink it, so it's... <laughs> Might as well be me. Indeed. Mm. Uh, yeah, on the distilleries thing, I love that there's 
so I guess everybody has their own like association or group or whatever, and they've got their own national names for it. But the Alcoholic Beverage Federation of Ireland just sounds like I <laughs> I don't know. It, well, I mean, it just seems like all right, Ireland. We're gonna have we have to have a federation for beer. We have to have a federation for spirits. No. Just one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure alcoholic beverage. Everyone back in the boat. And I guess federation kind of just messes me up for some reason. It's not association or group or whatever. Because like, you're picturing Picard leading. That's this. exactly what I'm picturing, and I'm trying not to go there. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm picturing the Federated States of Micronesia, but I may be weird. <laughs> or I may be weird. Um, but yeah, so as of August 2017, um, there are 18 whiskey distilleries in operation in Ireland. Okay. Many of these, though... While you're, talk- while you're talking, I want to look up how many bourbon distilleries there are in the U.S. Hmm. Keep, keep going. I'll, I'll give you a number oh, as we go uh, on. That's a dangerous lookup. And I think... So I'm looking at this list, like, just kind of a, a glance. Um, I may just go through the the, the list quick, and rather than go through each description on every single one of them, we can, like, pick if out a find few. One that, yeah, if you find one that, 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 that strikes you, maybe some of the more better-named ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cooley, for example, was the first one to kind of bring back a different, uh, a different uh, a brand that wasn't Jameson or Bushmills. But you know. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, How about Dingle? We've got Blackwater um, Connacht Whiskey Company. Don't know. I'm probably saying that wrong. Cooley Dingle uh, Ecklinville, I think. Uh, Glendalo. Glendaloo. I am gonna. I'm gonna say these like horrendous. I like the Great Northern Distillery, just straight up like uh, Kilbegan, which I feel like I've heard somewhere before. Uh, New Middleton, we, we we talked about Old Bushmills, obviously Pierce Lyons Distillery. Who who could yeah. that be? Who's yeah. ever heard of Pierce Lyons? Couldn't be that's, any that's of us. That's a new one there. Uh, opened in a converted church, which I, that's just got to be the coolest thing. Okay, um, real quick, I couldn't find an exact number for all of uh, all the uh, bourbon distilleries in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be broad and allow. I was going to be <laughs> the rest of the country. Allow the, the the non bourbons to be counted as bourbons. Uh, <laughs> the non. But no, uh, there states. are tw- there are twenty bourbon distilleries in Kentucky as of right now. Oh, okay. And so uh, throughout the U.S., then it's got to be... Throughout of... the U.S., there's, the number is higher. Yeah. But I'm just saying... Throughout the U.S., that means can... there's a lot of American whiskey out there. There is. But I'm yeah. just saying, compare the 16 that are in Ireland to 20 For in just, just the, the state, state of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. It's... Admittedly, we're, I don't... I'm not going to look up how much our land mass compares to I was going to say, what's the, what's the room we have to work with? Again, there's a barrel for every citizen of Kentucky. We just have to figure out how to go claim them. Mm. <laughs> with with uh, uh, torches and pitchfork, pitchforks, that's how. All right, well, uh, finishing up the list, we've got uh, Raidman Estate, Renegade Waterford, Shed Distillery, Slane Distillery, Teeling, which we talked about, uh, Tullamore, uh, distillery, which we talked about, which makes Tullamore do, uh, Walsh Whiskey, and West Cork Distillers. Um, there are also a number of independently owned brands, such as Clontarf 1014, 
that purchase and market whiskey sourced from operating distilleries. So I that sounds like like what the MGB uh, MGP of <laughs> Irish yeah. whiskey. Well, um, there is also a uh, there is also I think two of these that are are uh, uh, argued about for our oldest ones you'll ever find. Mm. Uh, one of them being Bushmills, which is uh, established in uh, seventeen uh, old Bushmills. It's like seventeen eighty, seventeen sixty. I'm trying to find it real quick. Seventeen eighty four. Yeah. And then there is Kilbagan, yes. which did close. But it was 1757. They reopened it in 2007. I so say a lot of these be... are are in the 2000s, um, with a, only yeah. a, a few that are actually older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, there's the, it's only been recently that they've been trying to have stuff pop back up. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of them shuttered their doors, which because, we discussed you know, about in the last episode because because Irish history happened. Yeah, because <laughs> Irish history happened. That's the best way to describe that. Oh, uh, so the Cooley Distillery, um, it says uh, it is the sister distillery to Kilbegan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, and... they they opened it up eventually after they had, mm, yeah. Okay, uh, and, and apparently is owned by Beam Suntory. Mm. That's interesting. And a lot of these distilleries aren't just Irish whiskey. Like it mentions uh, the Ecklenville produces gin and that word. Uh, and <laughs> some other kind of drink. I have no idea what that is. Um, Produces Eklundville Distillery is relaunching Dumbo's brand. It's P O I G I N. Oh, uh, uh, um, um, Poitine. Oh, okay. It's the it's a uh, uh, Irish moonshine. Pachin. Oh. Pachin. Gotcha. One of those things I've never seen spelled. So there's that. Extremely hard for me to say right now. <laughs> Um. Okay. Wow. But so, yeah, there, I I I took a lot of I took a lot of pride in seeing the the uh, and I shouldn't, but the Pierce Lyons <laughs> Distillery because it was previously oh. the Alltech Cra- Alltech Craft Distillery in uh, Carlisle, but then uh, uh, Pierce Lyons passed and they decided to put his name onto an Irish whiskey for an Irishman who who came to Kentucky to do a lot of good work. A lot of good I, uh, microbiology. Yeah, and then also threw in some whiskey and beer on the side. I'm like, because why well not? Well done, sir. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still looking at the distillery thing, and like, I just looked the old Bushmills. Um, it has been owned since Jose or from Jose Cuervo since 2014. I totally forgot about that. We talked about this the last time. Yeah. Yep. I just I to- it, it leaves my mind. I my mind doesn't keep things anymore. Uh, and then the New Middleton thing is like, that's where all the things are. <laughs> like yeah. Jameson, Green Spot, everything. Yeah. And Redbreast. God, you don't hear about that anymore. Uh, Redbreast, when I was looking up like like top Irish whiskeys, Redbreast is usually uh, pretty much where uh, it's, it's usually mentioned uh, in, in their top list. Like it's like Redbreast, Green Spot. uh hmm some others but yeah they're they are usually uh well regarded hmm. all right so. well um any other thoughts on irish whiskey before we get into what we're drinking it's delicious well before we get into what we're drinking i believe for the first time in a while we, we actually have a little feedback we do we 
Yeah, we got a uh, message from uh, from our friend Brian from Denver. Uh, he says, uh, hi, gang. A little something for the news segment. Uh, you mentioned acetic acid, uh, et cetera, when talking about sour beers. Every time it comes up, he always thinks of uh, film development, and Dogfish Head has made it a reality. Uh, it's a sour beer that also develops film. Uh, the beer is sour and fruity. The film may be grainy and funky. Uh, in an era when film developing is almost a lost art, noted U.S. craft brewer uh, has teamed up with America's best-known film company to launch a beer that, you guessed it, produces movie film. Super 8 is the beer brewed by Dogfish Head King of uh, Head Brewing of Milton. I don't know where I got King from. Uh, in Delaware. Uh, Super 8 Tri-X is a legendary home, to, uh, legendary home movie film from Kodiak. The Rochester Company that became an industrial giant in the pre-digital film world. Uh, it's like, but you can drink the beer, which is a German-style Ghost, which weighs uh, in at 5.3% uh, alcohol. Gosa is uh, typically a salty sour style, and it is often made with fruit. Super 8 is made with eight special ingredients. Prickly pear... Mango, boysenberry, blackberry, raspberry, elderberry, kiwi juice, and a dash of quinoa, and a touch of Hawaiian sea salt. That sounds you can also dip amazing. Your... I'm sorry? Sorry, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can also dip your uh, Super 8 in the Super 8, uh, more or less, and the magic of film development will occur. Uh, Kodak website offers a downloadable recipe for developing the film. And it kind of shows you, like, you'll have to... There are some steps to do, but... Man. Uh, you mean Dogfish I can't head. just stick my film in the beer? <laughs> Essentially, but you've got to do some stuff first. Dogfish Head founder... Uh, Dogfish Head founder, Sam Calgioni, whose company motto boasts off-center brew, uh, beers, got the idea of making film processing beer after he appeared in last year's Kodak-sponsored podcast. He was told that beer was high in acid and low in pH, uh, could be used in film processing. Uh, he went to work on a beer on the beer soon after and scheduled it to be released in April. That sound that's the most Sam Calgione thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I guess it's as high end. Uh, you know, you should you be able to make uh, develop film from that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right, brewers, get to work. <laughs> Sam Calgione is like the Willet blend of, of the beer world. <laughs> he is not afraid to throw stuff against a wall and see what sticks. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's a pretty interesting story. But uh, he Brian is wanting to try it, and uh, I kind of want to, too. Yeah. I'm with Brian. I want to try it. Thanks for uh, giving us the, uh, the story there, Brian. Yes, thank you for the feedback. As always, uh, we are thrilled to get feedback. <laughs> Um, all right, well, now, let's see if I can find the bumper, ha! Drink with me, friend! So I don't know what I was drinking. <laughs> uh, on it? I think I do. It was, so it was whiskey, definitely. Um, I finished it. It was whiskey. It was whiskey. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I think it was supposed to be. Let her give her notes first, and let her... Okay. Okay. Uh, it tasted like salted caramel, which was totally fine with me, and I loved it. I mean, no, not loved it, but I, like I really liked it. I gotta tell Jim. I told you she would love it. It, from what I think 
Jim mentioned in the chat. Is it the double-double? Yes, it is the Woodford double-double-oaked. Oh, no wonder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it tastes like salted caramel. There's a, there's a little bit of um, of a barrel kind of vibe, like like almost a char as well. But, yeah, it tastes like just dark, rich salted caramel, and I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said it earlier, and he went, oh, no, and I'm just sitting there going, it's fine. I'm just going to keep sending messages to block the chat so Brittany doesn't see that you said anything. I didn't even know. Honestly, I wouldn't have known what he, like, I, I forgot that this existed. So, like, the name did not do anything for me. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was it was good. I mean, I'm I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. It, so, it's, it's the, hey, dog, we heard, we heard you liked... Uh, <laughs> Heard you like oak. <laughs> we heard you like oak. Heard you like oak. So I got oak for your oak on your oak. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm right there. About sounds it. Sounds like something you'd order. It sounds like something you'd order it in and out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll get a, I'll get a double oak to go. Yeah, it's a. I'm. That was good. That was. It's quite good. You get, you get the salted caramel really strong on the aroma. Like I could just sit there and smell it for a while. Um, like the taste was good too, but like the smell was even, even greater than, I don't know, like you, the, the smell and taste were different. Like the taste was almost lighter than what it smelled like, which is odd. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've gotten to have that particular, particular version of the Woodford. So I would be interested to try it at some point. Hmm. Uh, I did not stick to the episode today, uh, mostly because I did last time, and also because I have a buttload of beer in the fridge, and almost all of it is stouts. This became a problem today when I wanted something uh, I wanted something nice and refreshing, and I was like, oh, like an IPA, maybe like a, yeah, a pale ale or something. I'm wanting something with like with some bite, but something like light in the body. Nope, nope, it's stouts. All right, so I pulled out some KBS, Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Uh, we have talked enough about this that you should probably know everything about it by now. I shouldn't have to describe to you one of the greatest beers in all of the land. Uh, the 2019 variant is 12.2% ABV, 70 IBUs, 100 rate beer rating, according to them. Uh, but we don't use that blasphemous site. Uh, we tended to use Beer Advocate, uh, which uh, has a probably different rating of... Damn, so this is, while you're doing that, uh, the yeah. the Woodford Double Double is only available in the Woodford store, it says. Oh, yeah. Dumb. 4.6 4. out of 5. So, that's, uh, that's still pretty high. Yeah. Uh, and they have the little description on the site. What we have here is an imperial stout brewed with massive amounts of coffee and chocolate. That sounds familiar. I feel like I've said this before already today. Then cave-aged in oak bourbon barrels for an entire year make sure to make sure the wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish. Make sure your taste buds squeal with delight. That sounds very familiar. As it should, uh, we should almost have it memorized at this point. Well, also, I said it in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, 
I really like this year's KBS. I, I mentioned earlier kind of how I was thinking about it. Uh, it's it's tasty. It's delicious. Uh, and I don't feel bad if it takes me a whole episode to get through a single beer because it's it's just so good. And I don't want to. It's a sipping thing. I don't want to blow it all at once. Yeah. Did, now, did you get the smokiness from it? I get. I get maybe a tinge of smoky, but what I'm mostly getting for for some of that that dark, darker flavors are more like dark chocolate, and hmm. it does taste like like a roasted dark chocolate s'more, is how I would probably put it without the graham cracker. That's fair. Uh, but it's it's real nice. Uh, I I really like this year. I I don't know how it stacks up to previous years because. Yeah. I can't keep beer in the fridge. Right. I have to drink it. Uh, if it's not for, if it's not for show consumption, which is a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But all right, Chris, what have you been drinking? He's drinking the green spot. Oh, he's just continuing on the green spot train. I came. Came a hair of doing that. That is a that is a real tasty Irish whiskey. Um, yeah, we we had it for the um, for those who listened to part one. You know, mm-hmm. um, I yeah I I I was neutral on it, but yeah, he's at least so he's drinking to style this time. You know, yeah, it's a nice switch that I, uh, Chris is drinking to style and I'm not. Uh, it is forty percent uh, ABV or eighty proof, uh, and it is a single pot still Irish whiskey. So it is. Ma- so what we've learned today means it's made all in the same distillery, all in the single pot. Uh, and if it's single pot still, it's probably using some unmalted uh, barley or malt or whatever in there. So it's it gives it a lot more flavor than you would get out of just a regular Jameson. If you like Jameson, check out a green, try a green spot and and have your mind blown. Yeah, I think Jameson's. I mean, I, I remember Jameson being much lighter. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Like, barely there. It's, <laughs> it's alcoholic water. Yeah. Uh, but if you're if you're 21 or younger, which you shouldn't be drinking if you're younger than 21, but... Unless you're in England and you can, you're 18. It, it, yeah, depending on, depending on your country of, you know, where you're at. But the irish whiskey is a good starting point you should explore the whole world of, <laughs> of whiskey yeah uh, other spirits too you will find your opinions will change on them over year, over the years i have begun not quite gotten there but i've begun to get more of a, of a taste for jim gin so hmm. jameson stout castmate caskmates jim mentions though those are very interesting i usually enjoy them when they come out uh, because they are, they are whiskey that is further aged in beer barrels, and it makes them strange. Uh, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, but like the first time I had one, it was with a stout, and I, I, I enjoyed it. But that was also like many. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think that was you got it. What when they first came out? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I just saw it as I was walking by, and I went. Oh, that's just too interesting to tr- not try. Yeah. When did they come out? Like, 
Is it beer barrels that were formerly whiskey barrels? Fur- furry Viking is correct. Uh, that ah. had to have been 2017. Yeah, 18. Because they're still newish. 17, probably. Yeah. Because uh, it was in the first year we did the show. We've been doing the show three years. How many Oktoberfests? <laughs> uh, I think three is correct. That's yeah. probably wrong. Um, all right. Well, so Irish whiskey. We were officially done with Irish whiskey, as far as we are aware. <laughs> I mean, I'm not done. I'm going to keep drinking it forever. Uh, well, we're done my, on the discussion, my, at least. My Irish heritage will insist that I drink more. <laughs> my Scottish heritage will insist I drink more scotch. Hmm. My English heritage insists I drink more gin. All this tells me is that I'm a real pasty guy. <laughs> Super white and super alcoholic. Uh, right. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that does it for this episode and for uh, this this round of, of whiskey talk. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also follow us on Have a Drink Show on social media and Twitch. You can also tell us your favorite drink or ask a question. Just leave some general feedback like Brian did. Mm-hmm. Be like Brian. He's a cool guy. Uh, you can also use the feed. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow dot com, uh, or you can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, yeah. All joking in front of guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Indeed. So check us out again next Saturday for the next live episode, uh, and remember to check out, of course, Patreon dot com slash haveadrinkshow. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier, and Chris Walker has no voice. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Yep, bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>